Welcome to Fierce Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 158. 158. Yeah. Here we go. It's going to be awesome. We're talking <laughs> yes. about everybody's favorite subject, summer slowdown. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just and, trying to put a positive. Story. And it's kind of tough because it's, it's nice outside. Like I'm looking at the little yeah. bit of outside that we can see from the studio on the bottom there. Mm. And it, it looks pretty nice. Right. And I don't know if I want to list. Yeah. I don't know if I want to pack items. Yeah, go to the beach and you know, lay out in the sun, go surfing. Do you surf? No, I've gone twice. The first time I got stung by a stingray, and the second oh. time I, I sprained my ankle. Uh, everybody says, How do you sprain your ankle surfing? Well, I was walking in and I jumped off the 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 board or whatever right in in, in the shallow and I landed on something weird. And so yeah, I just don't I don't surf. Plus, like I have to put sunscreen on my head because I'm bald and then the sunscreen goes down into my eyes and it burns the whole time and I can't even see the waves come and I just feel like I'm getting pummeled and it's just not my thing. I like, you know, I like boogie boarding surfing. I mean, I'm, I'm a larger dude, so that, it takes a lot to get up on that board. So I can wakeboard. Yeah, that's good. That's good. But you know, anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about, but it does relate. I started that conversation, but what I wanted to talk about is, is summer slowdown a myth? Like, is it real? Like, you know, this is now, this is summer number, is it? No, my third summer of being full time. Like I'm, because I started full time, like right around now. Mm. Right. And so that summer, I mean, I had the nice Toys R Us liquidation, which made things a piece of cake. Then last year, you know, it was like right before eBay opened. And I remember like, oh, summer slowdown. Like, you know, this was before we had like, you know, the current situation we're in in our world right now. Like, it's sad to say that like a year ago, things were normal, but it was normal. Like we were worried about summer slowdown, not because of a pandemic, not because of an unrest in our country. It was more like maybe people don't want to buy stuff in the summer. Yeah. And kind of just to, to I don't know if I want to say to preface this, but in, in reality, in, in the retail world, I tried to do a little bit of research on this. Um, spring and summer times do tend to be the slowest times compared to other times of the year for for purchases, right? Now, there's conflicting reports, but it seems like in a lot of ways that the online retail space has kind of mitigated that to an extent because before people, yeah, they want to be outside. They want to go to parks. They want to go to the beach. They want to go hiking. They want to do these things spring, summertime. They're not cooped up inside. They're not, you know, going out shopping as, as their only form of entertainment or, or, you know, to kill time. Uh, but now with cell phones, everybody's got a cell phone on them. You can be at the beach and buying stuff, you know, on Amazon. And so um, it does seem to be that there is a, even in the retail space, a dip during spring and summer times as far as just overall sales like Q1, Q2, especially the last part of Q1 because you're, you're kind of coming off of Christmas time and, and all of that. Uh, but I would say, yeah, like as a whole, we might say there might be a, a dip in sales. Uh, but then again, it comes down to it depends, right? Like it really depends on on what you're doing and what's going on. Yeah. And the, the reason I say is it's a myth. Is it something that Maybe we self-impose, right? Like, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. And then I wanted to talk about, all right, here's what not to do. Like, if, if you don't want things to slow down, here are the things you probably shouldn't do. And then I wanted to finish with, here's what you should do, right? And and a lot of the things are kind of the same old, same old, right? You just keep listening, you know, sourcing. But there's there's a little bit more that you can do to kind of, you know, stop if that summer slowdown happens. So here's my question. You know, I put, you know, is summer slowdown a myth? And the first point I put, it depends, right? My th- my question to you is, Mike, 
or to anybody is like, hey, when you say summer slowdown is real, well, what are your plans for the summer? Right. Because that, that has a lot to do with it. Because I've had a lot of resellers go, yeah, yeah, things are actually somebody just contacted me and said, things are, are pretty slow in the summer. I'm like, oh, really? Because I haven't experienced that the last two years. And they're like, yeah, but I travel a lot. Mm. Right. And so that, that's important to know that I think we all ourselves go into a kind of, I don't know, maybe subconsciously we don't realize it, but I don't know if we work as hard in the summer. I don't know. Am I off on that? I mean, that could be part of it. Um, heat does a lot of weird things to people, right? So even- We're getting e- scientific too. Even with like eating, right? People tend to, in, in a lot of ways, I mean, everybody's going to be different. So you could say like, well, not me, but in general, people tend to eat less when it's really, really hot outside, right? When it's cooler, people eat more, right? And so there's 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 going to be, you know, true? physiological, there's going to be- physiological aspects. Now, if you're inside in air conditioning all day, it's not going to matter what, you know, temperature is. But if, you know, if you've got an outside job, you're working in the heat, people tend to eat less and drink more water, right? And and water ends up being filling and they just don't have as much of an appetite. So there's a lot of physiological things that could be part of it. Again, some of it's going to be like just socially, right? What's going on? So either you as a seller or you as a uh, as a buyer, you know, the buyers might not be buying as much, sellers might not be pushing as hard. But what I one of the things I want to to kind of push is to have a perspective of your business in the same way that that big businesses do, right? So when you're thinking about companies like Target, Walmart, these companies recognize and they're thinking in yearly yearly uh, budgets or yearly you know growth, and that's why like when quarter you know reports come out, you know whether you're you know buying stocks and they have to sit, show their earnings, earnings per share, all of those things. A lot of times those earnings per share come out. And even even if you look at a company, oftentimes it's like Q2, Q3, or sometimes Q1, Q2, depending on the type of company it is, especially in the retail market, tends to be a lot lower than like Q3, Q4. And again, that can kind of depend on, on you know what markets different companies sell. But that's just generally the rule. And a lot of companies, they don't come out of the red as far as like, okay, they're losing money. Sometimes, you know, quarter one, quarter two investors are thinking, okay, what's the long term here? What is the, what's going to be the earnings after Q4? Like that's kind of what they're looking for. How much money has the company made in the year? And so if you can make that that shift in your mind and say, okay, there might be times. Cause yeah, if you're comparing almost any month to like December, yeah, every every month yeah. is going to seem slow, right? Like if that's what you're comparing it to. But if you don't necessarily make that comparison and you think of your a year and you think year over year, then you can kind of determine, okay, was this a slow year or a, a good year? Or you can look at previous years like, okay, you know, July for me over the last three years has looked like this. So maybe this was a slower July compared to, you know, you got to compare apples to apples the previous July. Or you could say, hey, I did better this July, but I also had 30% more inventory, but I only had 10% more sales, right? So that still could just looking at those numbers say, hey, this was maybe not as much of a growth in July as I was expecting. So you, you can only compare apples to apples there. And so trying to compare December, trying to compare Christmas time to, to the middle of summer isn't going to be, it's not a healthy way of thinking about it because you can get very discouraged. Uh, but you got to think like a big company and say like, okay, but I'm, I'm budgeting for a year. I'm working in, in a year frame. And then you can compare month to, a, to a, that same month in a previous year, but not to some other month in the year. Yeah, no, agreed, agreed. And I and I think there's the other caveat of right now we are in a, this is a unique scenario that we're in right now. And there's a lot of people saying that the best sales we're going to have this year 
before Q4 were, are going to end up being March and April, which they were good months. I mean, they were better than Q4 in many aspects. But I don't know. I, I anticipate this still happening. And here's why. A lot of retail spaces aren't open, right? Like I'm selling a lot of retail arbitrage right now. I'm selling a lot of sandals. I'm selling a lot of stuff that you could just go to a local, you know, Ross or TJ Maxx or wherever, but those stores aren't open, right? Even in California, even where we're at, I only know, I know of one TJ Maxx and like one Ross that's open nearby. And I don't know of any Marshalls. Now I need to get out there more, but, and I'm, I'm a reseller, right? So I'm out there more than the average person, right? So you got to think about that. Maybe this summer it's time to push in even more knowing that maybe it's, maybe it's not that it's a myth, but in this scenario, it's not going to happen because there's still going to be a lot more people. And like you said, maybe those habits that developed during the pandemic are now just going to be part of the way it is even more. So they already were happening, but they're now they're happening on a grander scale. And the other thing you got to be just self-reflective. Like if things are slow, just think about what you're doing. Like last June, were they, was it slow because you were putting in the same amount of work you're doing all year or was it slow because, Hey, you had this family vacation that you took and Hey, this one day, instead of listening, you decided to go to the beach or, you know what I mean? Like maybe it's just slow because you slow down yourself and, and maybe you don't notice that because, you know, for whatever reason you thought things, you were doing things the same, but if you really took a retrospective look at what you're doing, you recognize that you were slowing down. Yeah, that's good. But the, the, I would say the counter argument to that, and I think you're absolutely right to, to say that, um, I think some in some ways, like maybe we were guilty of this last year. We we said things like, "Hey, summer slowdown didn't slow down," but like you know, I listed way more items mm-hmm. and I was working. And so, if you have to work harder to make the same as you were making, you know, in another time of the year, we could say, "Okay, there's definitely a summer slowdown," but you don't have to be impacted by it as as significantly if you're willing to say, "Like, okay, there's a slowdown, but how do I mitigate that? How do I how do I reduce the impact of slowdown?" Well remove the variables you can, right? Like don't, don't slow down if you don't want it to slow down and maybe you do have to work harder. So there is a slowdown or there potentially could be a slowdown, but what are the things you could do to get over that? And so, yeah, looking at what are you doing and then look at, you know, what are the things you can do on top of that? Yeah. And, and the other part, so the next step I want to talk about was like, what are you selling? Are you still trying to sell the same stuff? Now I will say right now, the e-commerce market, like you can sell anything right now. I mean, I, I haven't seen a slowdown. Yeah, pet rocks are like flying <laughs> off the shelf. Well, I don't know. <laughs> but right, I would say, I, you, and you, I don't know, maybe it's different for you, but I'm still selling all kinds of randomness, mm-hmm. right? I mean, we're, we're getting to the middle of June and I'm still selling jackets. I'm still selling shoes. I'm still selling puzzles. I'm still selling, I mean, you name it. I look at, let me look at my last previous holds and it's, and it's all kinds of, of randomness that is, that is selling. I mean, I look right now, I'm, I just sold a plaid shirt. I sold the belt buckle. I'm selling workout apparel, a lot of workout apparel. I'm selling handheld radios, a Lego set, sandals, a buckle, a buckle, Disney figurines, a dress. I mean, it's like, it's, it's all over the place. So, you know, maybe this summer you can say, you know what, maybe slow down. isn't going to happen. And I'm going to just put in the same work because what if, what if now is the time to capitalize because you know, reselling, there is times of feast and famine. I, I don't know if there's a lot of famine, but there, there's a lot of times where things don't move as fast as you want them to move, right? And maybe now you may be noticing a kind of slowing trend because 
during the pandemic when it was really hitting, you were all about getting that MF, like getting puzzles, getting board games, getting, you know, grocery items. And now that other parts of the country are, are opening up, they're slowing down. So you got to ask yourself, like, am I selling stuff that people are looking for in the summertime? Right. And one of the easiest ways to do that now, it's not a hundred percent foolproof. We'll talk about this later is by doing the research and seeing, okay, what do people buy in June? What do they buy in July? And what do they buy in August? Yeah, And there, there is a place to say, maybe your model is, I don't know, you know, books, you know, maybe your model is specifically like all you sell, like what you're really interested in selling is college books. And so you're going to have a huge spike during the fall. That's when you're making most of your money. Then maybe again during winter semester. And then the rest of the year, you're not making money, but maybe that's like you make enough money then that it's worth it for you. But if you want to consider yourself to be like a store, yeah, look again at any big store. Look at look at Target, look at Walmart, these stores, Macy's, all of these stores, they change the inventory they have to match the season, right? They change, they have whole sections that are seasonal, right? So they've got, you know, at, at Target, you got, you know, maybe things coming out now that's like outdoor and cooking and, you know, barbecue and pool, that stuff comes out. And then at another time, it's like, oh, here comes all the Easter stuff. And here comes, and they have whole sections of the store that's for what's going on right now. Now, we might not think of that as like pivoting because that's the store's model. But if you think about it at, at, at a more micro scale with you and your store, why can't you be like that? Why can't you have a seasonal section? Why can't you kind of alternate your, your model just a little bit if that's what you want to do and be able to capitalize on all those times? And summer is going to be one of those times. There are going to be certain things that are going to be selling. You know, if you're really, really into selling, you know, jackets or whatever, this might not be the time for you, but maybe you can find something else that does well now. And the thing you got to think about is usually retailers are like a season ahead, right? So you got to think about that. Like, if all you, you may be selling winter stuff right now, or you may be selling summer stuff. I mean, I personally believe both sell year round, right? But there's a different market. Like I saw a lot of winter stuff in the summer, but usually that stuff is going to, let's say Australia or other parts of the world that are experiencing winter. But in the summer, man, like for instance, one brand that sells really hot for me in the summer is Birkenstocks, right? So if, if you don't have, you know, if you have the ability to source Birkenstock and usually you don't during the winter time because they don't sell for well for you, now is the time. So you have to really look at what you're selling. The other thing is your model. Like what's your model look like? Like if you're a long tail kind of person and you're trying to weather it through a slow time, like that's <laughs> going to make it worse, right? It, it, it may be time to adapt. Maybe it's time to switch up your model to fast nickel. And I've said this before, like I, especially right now during the pandemic, it was a time of uncertainty. I went to fast nickel and in the end it worked out. Right. Because a lot of the low end stuff, I was okay moving fast. And maybe that's what it takes. Maybe it takes you now saying, Hey, I'm going to, I've always been about buying high end vintage stuff, or maybe I've been about, you know, certain inventory that gives me an ASP of $25 or more. But now you have to go like, ah, maybe I need to bring in some inventory that's lower ASP. Maybe it's only $10. Maybe it's only $15. And, and it may be annoying. So just maybe turn off the best offer. Maybe make it buy it now change, change your model. You got to, you have to adapt. I mean, the, the, the resellers I know that really do well, they, they adapt when they need to adapt. Right. I mean, we, we've known many that during uh, the pandemic, they were very big on, they never, their team, no death pile, like all the time. Right. And Mike and I are, we're not team death pile, but indirectly we have death piles. Like we didn't plan on it. 
It wasn't like we're like, yeah. yes, we're going to buy laziness. all this. So it just sits in the corner in case a pandemic happens. But those, a lot of the sellers that made it through that and actually are far better now than they were before were teams that said, you know what? Okay, right now I'm, I'm going to switch up. I'm going to do a different platform. I'm going to fast nickel. And I'm going to make sure that, you know, I find items that I can sell consistently every day instead of finding those unique one-offs. So it all depends on the model that you have. Yeah. And even within whatever model you run, there's going to be, there's different elements of your job, right? If you're a reseller, part of your job is sourcing, part of your job is inventory, part of your job is shipping, right? Like all of those things, networking, all of those things are things that are part of what you do. So there are going to be seasons where you maybe say like, okay, maybe this, the shipping portion of my business is a little slower right now, but can I spend this time, the same amount of hours per week, increasing my inventory and, and working on the systems that I have in place and maybe doing some bookkeeping. And so you can switch and still be productive in a time where maybe you don't have as much money coming in, but then that might open up the opportunities for hey, now we're moving into a a season where I'm not able to source as easily. Maybe summertime is easier to source because there's garage sales. Maybe you've got extra time off. Maybe you're on vacation and you're traveling and you're in a place where you can pick up some really unique items. So maybe you look at it as here's the the time that I I am sourcing. And and, because again, if you're thinking like macro, micro levels, like if you you can kind of step out of of the, you know, what's going on right now and think about it like a day, like in a day, you don't spend the whole day shipping items that have sold, right? Some of the day you're spending sourcing. And if you think of a year as like just an extended day, there's going to be times or seasons during that where what you're focusing on is different. And the total amount of money you make by the end of the year could be better or worse, depending on how you spend that time. So I'm not saying that you you have to just accept the fact you're going to make less money because obviously we're going to talk about things you can do, maybe work harder, maybe pivot, all of these things that can make more money. But But even if you're willing to say, you know what? I'm okay with the fact that maybe the, the 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 niche that I'm in just doesn't do quite as well, whatever season is. Maybe it's summer for you. Maybe it's winter for you, whatever that season is. But during this time, I'm going to get my bookkeeping done so I don't have to worry about it in April. I'm going to get all of my inventory organized and I'm going to go out and I'm going to source a ton. So when that season hits where I'm selling like hotcakes, I've got all my all my systems in place. So you can still be productive even if it's not quote unquote profitable in the moment. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, you, you again, you got to look at the model. You got to figure out what works for you. Right. And again, there's nothing wrong with unplugging and just spending time with family and going, Hey, you know, historically retail is slow and I'm okay. I have enough saved up and I'm just going to spend time with family. That's good too. I mean, I'm going to be traveling this summer. I'm going to work my tail off in between those. And I'm going to be doing some sourcing while I travel, but I'm going to, you know, I am going to take those times where I'm going to spend time with my boys and, and choose not to focus on reselling. Now, let's talk about some things we're not to do. Yeah. Don't do these things. There's a lot of that to do. First one is don't follow the trend. And what I mean by that is this is what's happened. There's all these posts that'll happen. And maybe it won't happen this time around. Maybe because, you know, this e-commerce is still fire. Like you won't see them. But a lot of people are like, oh, it's summer slowdown. Just expect that this is the way it's going to be. Like, you don't have to do that. Like, you don't have to choose mediocrity. Like, you don't have to say, hey, you know what? I guess that's the way it's going to be and just throw up the towel and, and then be done with it. Because there are so many. I mean, you know, we don't have prime days this summer, but we do have that summer sale day coming up in a couple of weeks or in a week or so. And then on top of that, you know, there are still categories that people are buying stuff 
all the time, right? It's an idea of like, hey, don't follow the trend. And also, you know, that goes in line with like, don't compare yourself to others because I could see that being super discouraging during a time of summer slowdown. Now, I do think it helps to be on social media and see what other people are doing during the summer, right? And I'm not saying comparing, I'm not saying try to be like them, but it doesn't hurt to go like, okay, how is this person being successful? But again, I say this all the time, those bar graphs, you have to understand, somebody can say they pulled in 30K in 90 days or 60K or 100K. Man, that that total means all their sales plus the shipping that was paid, plus the fees, it means everything. So you really don't have a perspective to go like, hey, I want to be like that, but it doesn't help to learn. Yeah. And there's two there's two traps you fall in on social media, just in, in general in life. And the one is to follow the negative train, right? Like Orlando was talking about earlier, you can get discouraged. You could say like, hey, nobody's doing well. And then it becomes an excuse for you, right? Like nobody's doing well right now. And so I'm not going to try as hard. Now, again, it might be, you know, the the time where you say, you know, I'm not going to get as much return per hour of time I'm spending so I can be more productive in another area or another way. But you don't have to to follow the negative train of, because of, of, again, it becomes an excuse. I feel like a lot of people, as soon as they have an opportunity, mm-hmm. it's just human nature. As soon as it's like, the reason why we didn't do well is because of X, Y, and Z, or something's going on. And, and you can kind of, you know, jump on board with that and say, yep, that's the reason I'm not doing well. And, and it becomes an excuse for you to maybe not try as hard. The other aspect, like Orlando is saying, is is becoming so focused on somebody else that you can become discouraged in that way of like, hey, everybody else is doing really well and I'm not, right? Or somebody else is making a, a bunch of money. And so you don't want to fall into either of those ditches, right? Like there's not a good side of the horse to fall off on here. You want to stay on the horse. So instead, you can look at the people who are doing really well and say, what are the things I can learn from them um, if they're actually doing as well as they're doing and 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 use that as like some encouragement. If, if somebody can do well, I can do well. And look at the people who are being negative and say, all right, what can I learn from them? What are the things that they're doing wrong? What are the things that, that I can maybe say, hey, they're not doing well, but they haven't pivoted or they, they're, they're not... Uh, they're, they're, they're not, doesn't seem like they're putting as much time into sourcing as they were before. Right. So you can learn from both aspects, but don't fall off the horse, right? Don't, there's no good side of the ditch to, to fall into here. Try and stay in the middle and learn from both. And, and again, that that's the hard part with something like social media is it pulls you to extremes. But if you can master that, if you can get to the place where you could say, I'm going to master, even going back to our book level up review, where we talked about, you know, mastering your emotions or you not letting your emotions control you, but using your emotions, right, to control the situation. So look at those extremes and find a way to make it productive for you. No, I 100% agree. I just, you know, I can go on a long rant, but I really, I mean, I, I will say of all, the last two years, I kept waiting for summer slowdown. I kept going, it's going to happen, you know, that I, and again, I've already seen it like these last two months, people were like, yeah, things are hot, but be ready for summer slowdown. And I'm like, no, just... I personally would like to absolve that, like remove it, expunge it from our vocabulary because I I really, and maybe I'm off. And I know when I mentioned this to Mike the other day, he came, he kind of gave me this look. I really think it's a myth that it not, not, I don't know. Maybe myth isn't the right word. Yeah. I mean, uh, not compared to what the numbers show. I mean, again, yeah, like it, it, it's a little bit different with the retail world. Like the numbers look a little, are online look a little different than retail. And you can't beat data. Data is data. Yeah. But in general, uh, the data do show that, uh, or the data do, does show that it's, it's, I don't know, like it, it looks like there is a slowdown during this phase in most industries. So like usually when you're looking at statistics, 
it's like all industries combined together. Now you can break it up into narrower and narrower and narrower categories and maybe things look different and that's where it's it's challenging. But when you aggregate all of that together, um, there there it's hard to say it's completely a myth because there is reality to yeah. that. But at the same time, you can say, hey, how can I how can I use this to my advantage? Again, maybe it's changing your market a little bit. Maybe it's changing what you're doing. Or maybe it's saying, look, I'm going to save in Q4 to pay for for summertime, that time that I need here. And I'm going to use this as a time to clear out some inventory and source like crazy. So that way, when next Q4 comes, I can focus on selling and not so much like I don't have as much time for for sourcing, but I've, I've sourced so much that it'll carry me through, right? So you can change your models and you can kind of look at what's going to work for you. Now, going back to what you're saying, do you have to accept that you're going to make less? Not necessarily, but you do might have to, you might have to recognize, I might have to work harder to get the same amount. Yeah. I mean, you, you may have to make extreme calls. Like for instance, last year, I knew that, you know, we had people saying it. So Office Depot was liquidating and I hit those stores hard. I hit three Office Depots in California that were closing out in April, right before. I remember even going to one right before eBay up front and then hitting a couple others. And then I flew to Wisconsin in the Midwest and I knew Shopco was liquidating. So I actually went and I sourced a, a bunch of Shopco's and I sent them all in to FBA and all that hard work. You know, the sales started kicking in in the June and July and it carried me. There was no summer slowdown. It was a great month, but I did have to take some drastic measures to make that happen. Right. And I'm doing that now. Like right now, while you're listening to this podcast, I'm some more in the Midwest trying to make it happen with retail arbitrage because I can't do retail arbitrage back at home because our stores aren't open here, here where I'm at in the Midwest. A lot of the stores are open and I have those opportunities. Now, hopefully I have a good report in the update episode that, you know, it helped, it worked out and it, it was okay. So yeah. stay tuned. Make sure to make sure to hit the notification buttons on YouTube. So, you know, when that update episode drops, there you go. So what I'm saying is don't keep doing the same thing, right? Like what, what was working during the pandemic may not even work in July. Like I think of weights right now, like weights are still hot even now. Like I, I, and, and, you know, I, I talked to you about that kettlebell that sold in 24 hours, which was nothing, but it was an experiment. I actually bought another weight plate the other day and wanted to see, and it hasn't sold. So, you know, things are slowing down. A weight plate? A weight plate. Yeah. You're going to have a hard time. No, that. those things sell too. You know, yeah. If you've At got. At the peak. Yeah, right now it's on the no, other side. No, what I'm saying though is if you have a pair. Oh, if I had a pair, it'd be done. Yeah. It'd be over. Having a single plate is very, yeah. is very difficult. I know. So. It's going to sell. It's That's like having a shoe. Is it that? Yeah, yep, nope. No, but what if you do? There's certain there's certain workouts you can do with a plate. Not many. <laughs> Most of them go on a bar or a dumbbell. I know. Okay, but maybe somebody has a plate that they're missing. It would have to be the exact same brand. Yeah, if I you're know. Open to have trust me. I know. I ran through this whole. But the reason I picked it up was I wanted to experiment. Like so, I I haven't posted on Instagram, but I put it on Instagram. So when it sells, I want to make a story about it. Like, hey. Here's evidence that like it's still hot because is it, a, is it a standard weight or an Olympic weight? I have to talk to you after the podcast. I don't know, man. All I know is like plastic covered. It said twenty five pounds, and one inch hole or two inch hole. I think it was a one inch. Okay, standard. So is that not good? I mean, it depends. I mean, it was seven bucks. That's not bad. So that's why I picked it up. I mean, I I, I passed on the ten dollar one that was by itself. I know, know who's going to use a ten dollar. Uh, sorry, ten, a ten pound one by itself. What do you do yeah. with that? I don't know. Maybe you put it in your backpack and uh and go on a hike. <laughs> there you go. See, add a little bit of weight. And what I'm saying is, 
here, here's 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 my other here's my other fear. Not for myself, but for a lot of new sellers. So a lot of you capitalize on the weights. A lot. I mean, there are people that were making thousands, thousands of dollars. I mean, and fast, and it was easy, and it wasn't it wasn't that tough, right? It wasn't that hard. But now that the country reopens, and actually in California, I think like in a week or so, we're supposed to be opening up gyms again. So when now there is going to be a certain part of the population that isn't going to feel safe going to gyms, right? But it's not going to be the same anymore. So you can't do the same thing this summer. Like you got to figure something out, right? I mean, there's there's a lot of people that right now, and and there's a, I, somebody on Instagram posted something like, "Hey, you may be doing right now well right now." And honestly, during the pandemic, like if you're new. You pretty much could sell anything. You you would be like, man, reselling is easy. The grind's gonna come down when those hot items are no longer hot, and you gotta either find the next hot item or you gotta find consistent bread and butter sales that'll carry you through, even through the summer. So, all right. So that's not what not to do. All right. Don't follow the trends. Don't compare yourself don't to others. It. Don't do it. <laughs> and don't keep doing the same thing. Yeah. But now it's time for the upside. But before we get to the upside of the next part of things, and before I accept this very low ball offer, and guess what it is? The summer slow down. Look, it's sandals. a pair of $15 sandals, which I'm going to probably not make any money on. But why am I accepting it? To trigger that algorithm. Yeah. He, that's, uh, he believes in the, uh, the magic of the algorithm. I do. Watch. Watch. Before this episode ends, I'll have another sale. And if I don't, well, but again, that you can't, you can't, uh, argue the counterfactual there. Who knows whether you would have got that sell, whether or not you accepted the offer. You know what? Don't, it's not a controlled study. Don't take this away from me. It's not real science. And look, it paid right away, but how could you not pay? That was like nothing. Mm. So, all right. So before we get moving, if you're not following us on social media, we are Pierce podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We are Pierce cast on Twitter. Also, if you're listening to the podcast and you love to see uh, our microphones and our setup, you can watch us on YouTube at Pierce Podcast. Hit that subscribe and the notification so you know when videos drop. I think we have some things. No, I know we have some things planned for the summer, which will not be able to be on the podcast. So make sure to hit that bell notification so you're notified. Bing. You could always give us a call at 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. Or shoot us an email at purosapodcast at gmail.com. Hey, thank you to all of you uh, that continue to support us, whether it's monetarily through donations or whether it's through buying our shirts or through just tuning in. And the most important one is by writing us a review. So I thought I would read our latest review. Let's do it. I like reading these. Is this, is this like... Self, like, are we being braggadocious when Maybe. we do this? That's all right. I mean, no, no, I appreciate. We're, so, we're 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 being thankful for. We're not reading something we wrote. We're reading something somebody else wrote. I, I didn't say these. It. Look at this guy. This is from Zamejdev. You shouldn't even try. If, look, if, if it's that bad. Look, payment received. Please ship now. Okay. For the sandals. No. For something else. Yeah, but then again, you don't know if that thing would have sold whether or not you accepted the sandals. Look, wait, it's for the sandals. Oh, this is something that sold right before the podcast. Yeah. Okay. All right. One more thing has to sell to make <laughs> it true. Made three times in a podcast and it's true. So, all right. Um, That's the rule. That is, that is the rule. All right. Favorite podcast. 
I shouldn't have read that username. That was pretty terrible, but I, I, I your, your attempt. Yeah. Uh, my apologies. I'm sorry. I do have a master's degree, but that doesn't mean anything at all when it comes to reading. All right. I've always subscribed to podcasts, but never end up keeping up. That is true. You ever do that? Like listen to podcasts and you're like, there's a handful that I, that I, I don't listen to regularly, but then I have my, I have the ones I listen to every single week. I always love it when I get comments from listeners who are like, Hey, you guys are still on the air. Like, Oh, that's a, oh, somebody the other day goes, I may have a hustle a week if you guys still do that. I'm like, ah, oh, I can see you haven't listened in a while. It's all good. We're just grateful when you do said until I came across pure hustle. I love that you guys talk about a variety of things in the reselling industry. Keep it up and thanks for everything. Oh, you're welcome. Thank well, you. Thank you. We re- really appreciate that. Seriously, keeps us motivated. So if you could ever help us out with the review, that would always, always appreciate. And by the way, thank you to all you guys that have been buying stuff through our affiliate links on our link tree and our Instagram or, or you know, our YouTube or whatever. Like people are like, we want to help you out. What is that light box you use? And we're like, oh yeah, it's in the Amazon and they and the Amazon link and they go and they and they buy it. So really helps us out. Again, it's it's not much, but every 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 cent counts. That's right. So all right, it is time for our come on, hustlers. It's the freaking hustle of the week. All right, this is where we take listener hustles a week and we share them on air. So yeah. You ready for the first one? I am. You ready for this this hustle, which is pretty amazing, actually. So Daniel, IG handle at resale520. Source on the next day, uh, the next, next door. door app for free items. Um, this is a, a good way to get started, right? If you're, if you're, you know, maybe not sure you want to invest capital yet, or you're just like, you know, um, or even if you've been doing this a long time, you could still get some great sales uh, or great items for free. So came across three bikes from a family that was just looking to make space in their garage. Uh, due to COVID, had the bikes delivered to his house. Man, delivered. <laughs> that's genius. Oh, you're going to give me that? Uh, please bring it to me. Right? Like, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. Usually it works the other way. They're like, if you want this, you're coming and getting it. I'm not helping you load it. Right? Uh, but they delivered it to his house. He pumped up the tires, sprayed down the bikes and sold all three for a total of $140 on Facebook Marketplace and reinvested to list first item on eBay. Welcome to the reselling addiction, Daniel. It's going to just get crazier and crazier and more amazing from here. Uh, But that's the way to do it, right? If you can start from free, like sometimes I feel like proud of myself because it's like, yeah, I started with like, you know, fifty dollars in my wallet to take to a garage sale, thinking like I'm 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 really balling, right? Like I'm bringing a <laughs> lot of money to some garage sales. To you know, now that that seems like nothing, but if you can start from free and make it, man, that's that's amazing. So great job, Daniel. Great job on the next door app. Yeah, like that. There, there's some good stuff out there. Did I share that story about the guy that wasn't fully closed that gave me baseball gear mm-hmm. on the next door app? Be careful know. for those people out there. Yeah, you do got to be careful. I'll share that story if I. I'm pretty sure I shared that story. Anyways, maybe, maybe off air I shared it to you. I don't know, but anyways, that's takeaway from Daniel Resale Five Twenty and his awesome hustle of the week with the three bikes. Great job! And by the way, he sold that on Facebook Marketplace. Now, was that intentional? Like, would there have been drama if he went on the next door app and resold them on the next door app? Yeah, because I feel like there's more of like like people blackball people on next door. Oh, dude, next door is like it's drama, man. I I, I just oh, dude, for entertainment, you can read it. Yeah, sometimes you read and you're like. To the person whose dogs are barking next door and they leave yes, this long comment. That, yeah. And then you see people comment onto them like, how about you stop being so, you know, judgmental and you don't know what's going on in their life. And then somebody else comments back and like, how dare you? And it's just like, whoa, this is cool. 
right? Yeah. Like people are it's intense. The, it's the land of Karens. Is that okay? Did I just lose? I don't some know. It might be offensive. Was it okay? Sorry. All right. Next one, Chad IG handle the infinity. Okay, I don't want to mess up. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna spell this out because I I feel bad whenever I end up ruining people's Instagram names. So they are. I'm about. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. I'm a, okay. Okay, the infinity aisle. The infinity aisle. So Chad and his. I, I'm gonna say wife, but maybe I'm hoping it's wife or girlfriend, but I think it's wife. So my apologies for that. It doesn't say much on there, but he's also a fellow teacher. Nice. So I always love hearing from these. And so has a side hustle of reselling and they went to the store that shall not be named. And as a result of the last dance documentary that dropped on ESPN about Michael Jordan and so on said that they decided to pick up this book called the Jordan rules book for $2 and 49 cents. And they flipped it in three days on eBay for, $54. $54. Yeah. That's a good sale. But I thought we'd make this a combo hustle of the week because the next one's even more legit. So not that that one wasn't good. Found a certain board game for $3. All completed at a garage sale. Finally sold a complete. It was Dark Tower for nice. $325 plus shipping. Nice. Jelly. One day. One day I'll find one. Or Dude, I won't. How- I don't know. I don't even like I have never I, I've I've never seen one in real life. Yeah. Um I'll tell you now that it's over, I should have mentioned it ahead of time. I, I didn't get buy it until like there was only a couple hours left and it would have been hard to explain and convince you to do this. But uh Kickstarter. <laughs> oh thanks, Mike. Uh Kickstarter. Um occasionally I look for games and it's you can invest on Kickstarter and get some cool games. And I talked about the reason I'm bringing it up is because Dark Tower is potentially gonna be doing a remake uh through Kickstarter. But um, a lot of times you can find games that are like Kickstarter exclusives. You can get them at a really good deal. And then after they've been out, if you are if you did your research and you know what's going on in the market and what people are interested in, you can sometimes double, triple your money because, um, you know, p- there's a lot of hype for it and it's hard to get unless you were on the Kickstarter before it closed. Uh, but the problem is, and the reason that kind of holds me back sometimes, it's like, okay, I could buy this game for 50 bucks. I could probably sell it for 150 um, once I get it. But sometimes you you don't get it for like a year to a year and a half, right? Like it's a long time before, a lot of times before the time you pay, before you actually get the item in your hand. So it's like, oh, I could use that money and I could turn it into $150 a lot easier before then, right? Uh, but there was a, and I don't even know how they did it. There was a, a company that was making miniatures and typically for like a high quality miniature, like for Dungeons and Dragons or something like that, you're looking at uh, anywhere from like five to 20 bucks, right? Depending on the the type of miniature, the size, all of that. But you're 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 probably averaging at least 10 bucks for a good miniature, eight to 10 bucks. Um, they sold and based off all of their Kickstarter exclusives and all of their unlocks, I think I paid like a hundred dollars for like the, one of the top end things you could buy. And it's like 500 miniatures, nice, all high quality. And I think I'm going to be able to sell this for like probably at least seven to $800 once it comes to me, which should be in December. Uh, so I'm kind of stoked about that. Thanks. It's okay. I didn't tell you about the RA opportunity that I forgot to tell you about. Oh, maybe I did. Did I send you about a certain board game that is dropping at a certain time? No, you hurt my feelings, man. Okay. All right. Well, we'll talk off air after. So uh, I don't know. We're good. We're good. Okay. That that was actually my fault. Like I, anyways, here's the thing. I will say I feel guilty ever since I had you buy those dolls. Like, cause they, I still made profit. I mean, I still made like 500 to a thousand dollars, but 
it wasn't everything I told you it'd be. No, it was it was a it was a big flop, but it was a lot of fun watching my wife like ninja around in a store, going out different exits with them because she wanted to go to different cashiers because they had limits. It was it was a good time. I'll always it was a good that. time. I just we got in too late. Like the year before, I made a killing, and you know that's how it goes. I just I I still feel bad about it because I felt like that left you a bad taste in your mouth with Amazon and RA. Yeah, what can you do? So all right. Anyways, hey, thank you so much, Chad, the Infinity Isle, for sharing that with us. We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. Hey, everyone. Ever found yourself too busy to list or wanting to scale and not knowing how? Well, we've partnered with a great service called Sellhound. They will help you do much of the heavy lifting and can benefit your business in many ways. Sign up for listing services with Sellhound and receive 25% off your first purchase or 25% off your first month of a Sellhound monthly subscription. You can do this by using our promo code all in caps, Pure Hustle 25. That's the numbers two five. By the way, everyone gets three free listings to try out before any purchases. Just go to sawhound.com and subscribe using our promo code Pure Hustle 25. So Orlando and I are always looking out for tools and programs that can be used in our own reselling to help improve our sales uh, and things that we can share with the community in order to help others. Uh, And we've been lucky enough to partner with two companies here at the same time uh, that we think do just that. So it's kind of interesting because both of these companies are competition. So, uh, you know, but this is a good thing that we're advertising both, I feel, because we are really, really big on letting you make decisions and not saying like, this is the way you should do things because you know, you know, what's best for your model of selling and what you need to be doing. Uh, so we've been able to partner with list perfectly and Vindu. And both of these are programs that can be used to cross list postings on multiple platforms. This is great because we always talk about the importance of being on multiple platforms and not putting all of your eggs into one basket. But one of the barriers to that is the time issue. And the nice thing with List Perfectly and Vindu is it allows you to make one listing that then gets cross-posted to multiple platforms. So you're not having to post things multiple places and spend that time. And in this case, that time saved is money you're making. So both of these companies have a special offer for our listeners if you were to sign up. Um, you need to sign up using the affiliate links that we have in our descriptions or show descriptions in order to get the uh, promotional codes. Uh, so first of all, is List Perfectly. They're giving 30% off your first month, which is amazing. And they've got some incredible things that they they offer. So uh, for instance, your postings go to eBay, they go to Mercari, Depop, Grail, Etsy, Poshmark. There's just so many. You got to check it out. There's almost too many to list here. Um, and so if you sign up, you get 30% off, but you have to use our... our link and then use the code LP30. And then the other one is Vindu. Vindu is very similar. Uh, You're going to get 25% off your first month if you use our affiliate link. You don't have to use a promo code. Just click on the link in the description. Uh, And your your listings are going to go to eBay. They're going to go to Etsy. They're going to go to Poshmark. They're going to go to Mercari. So this is just a great opportunity for you to save some time, get on multiple platforms, and maybe make some more money. All right. All right. Our next one comes from Joe, Instagram handle at the Charm City, or not the, but at Charm City Picker. It's a uh, repeat. He re, he was the guy that sold like that, I think a sonography machine back in the day for a lot oh, of money. Nice, nice. So I picked up a vintage Sony Walkman Professional WMD6 for $3.18 at a thrift store. It's very specific. Looks like you even included like tax on that. That's great. Um, working one sell for four to $500. Uh, so he bought a replacement belt, hoping to fix it, but was not able to fix it, but still was able to sell it for $200 from $3 and 18 cents to 200. 
that's pretty darn good. That's good. I mean, and it scares me now because I used to pass up Walkmans all the time if like they didn't have headphones with them or, you know, now, now I pick them up. Like I'll pick up old headphones in case I can match them up with another old one that I find somewhere else. Right. But, uh, yeah, that was pretty good. Charm city picker. Cause I, when he found that stenographer, that stenography machine, that was like something at a state till. I'm like, how'd you find this? He's like, Oh, I just went to a thrift store. It was $3 and 18 cents. So there you go, man. I can't think of the last time I sold. I mean, I sold a pair of Walkmans for 55 bucks, but I haven't sold a nice pair of Sony in a while. So, all right. It's time for our hustle. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, go for it. All right. <clears throat> so he's probably listening, but I feel really bad about this. So remember our reselling friend that got our reselling. Yeah. Remember all that stuff I bought. So one of the items that did pay for was a Nintendo system. Now there's a Nintendo system I paid 50 bucks for, and it was complete. It had, you know, a console, it had the two controllers, it had the game, it had Duck Hunt, it had Mario Brothers. It even had the Nintendo Power posters inside, it had the manual, like it was all there. Now, the posters like had a couple like little tears in it and and there's there's a couple things here. So what I did is I picked this up, I, you know, I, I felt, I asked him like, are you willing to sell it? And he's like, all right, yeah, I'll take uh, 50 bucks. I'm like, all right. And, you know. I don't know. He played with it and everything. I don't know why he didn't list it because, you know, but I get it because it was pretty labor intensive. So what I had to do with this Nintendo is like, I took everything outside the, out the box. I had to like, you know, set it all up really nice. And I did a good job. I think on my picture in my light box, took a picture of it. Then I had to take a picture of it individually. And then I wanted to share any kind of wear that was on it. So then I had to shoot a video on my iPhone to post on YouTube and then use a tool flippertools.com which pull you put the YouTube web address and then it creates an HTML that you can put on your listing, which creates a thumbnail that people can click on. And so now not only do I have the pictures, but I have video of every angle of that Nintendo, including the posters, the guns, the controllers, and they see everything. Right. So, you know, that took about that whole process was probably an hour, right. From getting it home to putting it apart. I didn't have to test it cause I already knew it worked. Cause he said himself like, yeah, we, I played on this for a little while. And actually, there was stuff they were staining on the console, but I was able to get, you know, that highly re wanted Clorox wipe that I can't find anywhere. Can you find any of those anywhere still? I have enough of them that I haven't looked. Oh, that's right. I remember when you had those. I should have bought some off of you. I still, every time I go to Costco, they're like, oh, there were some this morning. And then you show up in the morning, you're stuck in a line. And so, I don't know. Anyways, but those work, those work really well and they don't damage most items. So... I cleaned it up and I cleaned up the console and it looked, it looked like it was bought in 19, whatever, 88 or whatever it was. So took the pictures and then I had it listed. Kept getting low offer after I was always like, so I, I listed it for 300 bucks. I kept getting low offers. I'd get a hundred, I get 50, I get people going like, Oh, it looks like it's being used. Well, yeah, it's being used, but it's complete. Like everything's here. I, I knew I was going to go to a collector and then finally Somebody just bought it full price. Now it was on sale. And so they paid $254 plus shipping, but it was within California. So shipping cost me like 17 bucks and they paid like 30. So I still made money on the shipping. So, so yeah, not bad. Made about $200. Uh, was it $200? Pretty close. I mean, if you cost the goods and shipping, all right. So like $170 net profit. So I'll take that. So that is my hustle of the week. It was kind of hard to let go. Because it's a really complete system. If it was a full Super Nintendo or N64, 
I like those better. I think I would have struggled with those. So yeah. anyways, not a bolo. Most people know that, but you got to put in that work. Yeah, you got to put in the work. It's good stuff, man. It's good stuff. Um, okay, so mine uh, goes back to an old story where I stopped at a garage sale. It was the last garage sale of the day. And I've already talked about the case that I sold from this, but this is now the completed story. It's come all the way. Uh, I remember kind of some of this. So um, I'm at a garage sale and I see, I don't really see anything I like. And then I see this like old school camera, like a one that like you'd have to put on your shoulder and like look through a thing and it had cables. Like there was no even screen for it. Um, Like you had to like put cables that would connect into the monitor that it was like attached to. And so this super old school uh, camera. And so I looked at the model. I look at the the lens that's attached to it. And I'm like, I don't really know anything about this one. And I forgot my phone in the car. So I'm like, I'm gonna go back to the car. I'm only going to go buy this if it's worth a lot of money. Go back to my car. I type in the camera itself. Didn't seem like it was selling for tons, but the lens uh, looked like some lenses were selling for like 50, 60 bucks. I was like, I might as well go ask them for what they want for this. Right. So I go and I asked them and they were like five bucks. And I wasn't even at that point, I was still early enough that I wasn't even going to negotiate anymore. I was happy enough with that. I was like, sweet, five bucks. And they're like, and so I started to like pack it up and he goes, oh no, but that that doesn't include the case. And I was like, what? Like, this is weird, right? And he's like, yeah, that's not, that's not the the case. That's not like the camera case. It's just a case we've used to, to keep it in. It had like all this red padding inside and it looked like it was like a camera case. And I was like, all right, well, how much for the case? For like $10 for everything. And I was done. I was just ready to go home. And I was like, fine, here's 10 bucks. I took the case. I didn't want to like take this out and try and find a way to put it in my car. So anyways, I get home and my wife is helping me like take pictures and list stuff. And we realized this is a Samsonite suitcase. This isn't like a camera case. So we sold the Samsonite suitcase for, I can't remember the exact price, but I think it was close to a hundred. It might've been like $80 plus shipping, something like that. But already it was like, man, that was a good deal. Like I'm glad I picked up this case for five bucks. Just sold the camera a couple of days ago. Uh, camera with the lens. Originally, I was gonna like sell the lens separately, and then I don't know what I was gonna do with the camera. Then maybe I was gonna try and sell it. I, I I don't know what my plan was, but I was like, you know, I'm just gonna just do it and list high. And it sold for full price, hundred and eighty nine dollars for the camera and the lens. And the nice thing is, all of the like foam padding, this like red velvet covered foam padding that was in the case originally, we sold the case, but we still had all that padding that kind of fit around the camera. We just use that as the the package nice. material. Saved right? you time. Boom! It was it was like both items sold for significantly more than I was expecting to get from them. Um, and I'm kind of thinking like, because even in the listing it says, "I'll show Orlando." It says in the listing, uh, "Not tested." Right? Like we have no idea whether this thing works because I, I originally I said like you could look through a thing that was not correct. Um, there's nothing to look through. You have to like connect the cables to like some monitor. It's like an old school, yeah, like, yeah. like what, what maybe newsmen would use or something back in the day. And so I didn't know anything about it. I didn't have the equipment to test it and it's still sold. And where I'm thinking it sold to a business and, and the name of the business, because they originally asked like, can you actually ship it? The address on eBay is not where we want it. We want it to go here. And I think they sent it to like Tennessee or something. And the name of the business sounded like a production company. And I think it's going to be used as like a prop in a movie or something like that. Like nice. That's what it seems like. Uh, so it's kind of cool like to think like, man, like this might now be in a movie or something as like a, like a prop or who knows what it, it's going to be used for. I doubt like a production company would be buying this to use for like actual use, right? Because, you know, it's an old school camera that doesn't, it's not that great. 
Um, and who knows whether it even works, but I can imagine maybe it's being used in a, a movie. So kind of sweet that I made the money. And uh, in my mind, I can make a cool story about what it's going to be used for. There you go. Now, did you have to, did you just ended up shipping it to the different address? Did you have to cancel and have them like change the address and buy again? No, I, I, I shipped it to the address they told me to ship it to. Ooh. Okay. Just be careful. Don't, you shouldn't do that, but I'm I mean, glad it worked out. But I mean, I've got the, 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 the message in eBay, right? Yeah. Like, so this is the latest thing I've, I've now. So the latest thing now is messages. It doesn't matter if it's in the messages because it's like it, the, some representatives and I've gotten DMs about this have said, it's great that it's in the messages, but if it's not written in policy, it's not written. It's not really policy. And I'm like, Oh, that's kind of, you know, but I get, I get the rationale. If it's in the messages, why would eBay ding you against it? So I don't know. But I'm glad it worked out, dude. That's good. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not too worried about that. I mean, maybe. No, no, you're fine. But in a, in another situation, I think I'd probably do the same. Like, if I, there was a time like my my business name was on my eBay, um, and I bought something for personal, and the place that I, takes my my mail is really really picky about that. And because we just have it as our name, like one thing came one time with our business name on it. And they're like, we can't give this to you unless you give us your business license and you have to sign up what? for a different. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, like this was, this is a personal thing. Like, obviously it's got my last name in the business name. Like it's, this is us. It's to us. Right. Like, and they made a big deal about it. So I had to, I did that one time I bought something. I forgot to change the name. And so I just sent them a message like, Hey, can you actually just change the name from, you know, the business name to my name? And I gave my name and they're like, sure, no problem. And so I would imagine if somebody's asking for something like that, they're not going to complain. So, but I'm, if it, it's against policy, so do the I'm right just, thing. You, you, but, got, you got scammers and you got, you know, drop, drop shippers and notorious, but drop shippers need to sell that stuff. So they're willing to cancel and repurchase if they need to. So God bless drop shippers. All right. But, uh, nice. No, I saw that sale and I'm like, it made me think again of, I'm looking at all my good sales lately. They've all been garage sale sales. Can't wait till we can go to garage sales, but there are none. There's like 12 in our area, yeah. but even then they're garbage. Yeah. Like you've gone out, I've gone out. Not worth our time. One day. So hopefully there's no summer slowdown of garage sales. All right. Yeah. Speaking of which, what should we do to avoid the impact of summer slowdown? All right. So this is a given, but diversify your inventory and diversify your platform. And what I mean is. Now, we've already talked about diversifying inventory, but platform. So if you're just straight up an eBay seller, you know, use cross-posting software, right? Or, you know, go, go, go on Mercari, go on Poshmark, because you may have different kinds of buyers that are looking for certain items that aren't exposed. Because like you said, I, was it this podcast that you talked about? Yeah. No, it was the other podcast, our update podcast, where there's different demographics sh shopping on different platforms, right? So... Maybe it's time to experiment with Depop. Maybe it's time to experiment with, you know, um, Mercari or Poshmark, right? And there's great stuff out there to help you do that. You know, there's Sawhound, there's List Perfectly, there's Vendu, all, all these different options that allow you to do that. So maybe it's a time to learn a little bit, like Mike has said, but understand that like people are looking for different things. And for myself, I'm a big Amazon guy in the summer because Amazon is what carries me through the summer. And so even though I've had this big, you know, all I did is eBay for like three months and I didn't touch Amazon. I've been dabbling in retail arbitrage and it's been Amazon the last two summers that has carried me and allowed me to have a great summers because I remember last year before we went to eBay open, like I said, all that stuff that sold on from Office Depot and all that stuff that sold through Shopco, I sold via 
Amazon. None of that stuff did I put on eBay. None of it. And I sold it all through Amazon. And then the year before, it was Toys R Us liquidation. This year, we'll see what happens. But I like having the options because when eBay slow, Poshmark might be doing well, Mercari might be doing well, Depop, whatever you want to name it. That's what I mean by diversify there. Yeah, that's good. And, and maybe I'm a really big on like finding, even if I don't follow it always to the T and like actually keep track of minutes and all that stuff, I like having like set ideas and goals. And one thing you could do is say like, hey, I want to find what works, right? And so if, if selling used shoes is like your thing, spend 95% of your time or 90% of your time doing that. Because if that's paying your bills, like you, you can't all of a sudden stop selling shoes, right? <laughs> But maybe spend 5 to 10% of your time and say, okay, like once a week or twice a month or something, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to branch out. I'm going to try a different platform. I'm going to spend maybe an afternoon looking for a different product. And one, it's going to give you knowledge. And two, it's going to allow you to start building, you know, a diversified, you know, portfolio as it were of your own inventory and the assets that you have that you can sell. Um, so that way, maybe if that market or that industry goes down, uh, or competition goes up or any number of things that could potentially happen, you're prepared and you've got other options and opportunities. So diversifying is good. Now, I don't suggest going like dabbling in everything and not actually having focus in anything. And I say that, as, mm. and, and, and when I say that, I mean, I'm kind of a garage sale store. So I, I do do that in a sense. But what I don't do is I don't try and, um, spend a bunch of time on jewelry and a bunch of time on electronics and a bunch of like, I'm not trying to be in every single niche, right? Like there's probably like five or six niches that like I'm pretty solidly in. And then I kind of dabble in a couple of others, which I think is probably a good place to be. If you're, if you're trying to dabble in everything, but you don't have anything kind of solid, that's like a, a, a consistent for you, you're going to be in trouble too. So diversify, but don't over diversify. No, agreed. Agreed. I mean, yeah, you can be a master of none. That can happen. Now, the next thing is use selling tools. Now, a lot of this, you have to have a store to be able to do, okay? An eBay store. And we're talking about eBay, eBay primarily, but there's some stuff out there that is really good. I, I've always been a fan. Like if you have more than 25 or 50 items, like you should have an eBay store. I think you, you make your money back. It's totally worth your time. eBay gives us no commission on that. It'd be nice though, eBay, but they don't. So the very first thing is if you go to the research tab in Seller Hub, and then you go to the left, there's a thing called sourcing guidance. And when you go to that sourcing guidance, it gives you a bunch of options. So you can pick categories, you can pick baby, you can pick clothing, you can pick electronics. I mean, they're all there. And then once you get to that location, sorry, I need to get back on the mic. Once you get to that location, then you can do a bunch of research and it'll tell you like, hey, here's, here's, here's this, here's this item. Here's, here's exactly when things sell. Here's the peak of when things sell. So it's very simple. So again, you're going to go to your seller hub. When you go to your seller hub, there's going to be tabs at the top. And one of those tabs that you click on is called research. Then after you click on the research tab on the left side, it's sourcing guidance and it'll take you to a bunch of items. So right now I'm doing it. And I know a lot of you want us to do screen share, but it's pretty simple. It's pretty explanatory. So let's say right now I'm going to go to clothing and I'm going to pick men and I'm going to pick men's shoes. And I'm going to pick boots because I love selling boots. And when I go and, and I pick that, it's going to take a little bit to load. And once it's done loading, it's going to show me kind of a, a graph that tells me, okay, what what is the seasonality of things selling? And it tells me 
right? Okay, number one, the grow the the best items right now, the top opportunities are in hiking and trail, and then work and safety, and then ankle boots, right? So there's that. But then it'll it'll take you to you can click on brand. And then what are some brands right now that are hot? Red Wing Shoes, Keen, Merrill, Danner, Ariat, Harley Area, which I didn't. I always pass on those. So maybe I need to pick those up, right? Harley Davidson, Allen Edmonds, basically all the brands we talk about on the show. And it shows you even like when they're selling and, you know, with, like you said, with seasonality and you could see June and July and August are not the best months for boots. So again, that can help you say like, what can you find an item where instead of seeing like an upside down bell, which, you know, if you think of like January to December, um, the upside down bell, the low point, the valley would be in the summer months. Maybe find one that looks like a traditional bell curve where it, the the peak is closer to the summer. So yeah, you got to do that research. You got to find those right niches. So obviously I wouldn't pick up boots right now, right? If I mean, I have- I would pick them up. I'd pick them up still because there's profit and I'm willing to do lang- the long-term game. But if you're trying to sell stuff to make you money right now, probably not the best option. But if I go to sandals, Right. Obviously, it's summer, but if you take a look, it's a whole different graph. I mean, it's just climbing. Right. And it differs between you and you. So if you're able to do retail arbitrage, you know, you go on this. What are the top brands you pick up? Oakley's number one, Nike, Rainbow Supreme, Kombu, Keen, Olukai, Adidas, Under Armour and Jordan. Right. But if you go to used, it switches up a little bit. Then it goes to Chaco, Keen, Birkenstock, which I share all the time, Nike, Crocs. Teva, Olukai, Reef, Gucci, 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 and, and Adidas. But again, this is a way if you're like, uh, you know, Mike and Orlando, I'm really stuck. Like I go to my thrift store. I've been sourcing. I've been researching. I'm looking at comps, but it's not selling because maybe you're picking up boots, which is awesome and they're profitable, but they're no way going to sell as much as sandals are selling at the moment. So again, go to Seller Hub, go to the research tab. Go to the left where it says seller guidance, and then I'll give you an opportunity to choose whatever category, and it'll tell you, let me real quick, it'll tell you the top opportunities, like the styles. It'll tell you the top brands. It'll tell you what they are as far as used and new. It'll also give you a price breakdown. Like, okay, generally these items are selling for 20 to 100 bucks, or they're selling for 100 to 200 or whatever it is, but it's great data. And I think, you know, I always share this, like on eBay, sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. Right. The only reason I know this is because others in the reselling community have shared it. Yep. Right. It's not like Orlando like went through the whole seller hub site. All right. Also, sales. You have the ability to put sales. So maybe you gotta put higher sales. You gotta put I always have 15%, but maybe it's time to do the 18. Maybe it's 20%. I know some people that go 50% just to like clean out inventory, right? Just to get a fresh start. You could also do promoted listing. Are you doing a lot of promoted listings these days? Yeah, my number is actually significantly lower uh, than it used to be, and I still have you know success with that. But I think everybody's got to find the right number for them. Um, everybody, depending on what you're selling, how many items you have in your store, what types of items you're selling, all of those things are going to play an impact. Uh, but yeah, so you know maybe maybe you are successful at two percent promoted listings, where another market you might have to be at four percent, right? So you got to find what works for you. And yeah, I definitely have a lot of success with promoted listings. Uh, the nice thing is. I get a lot of sales that are promoted listing. And so it's like, when you get that, it's almost like a miniature punch in the gut of like, Oh, I got to pay a little more, but it's yeah. like, who knows whether this would have sold without that. Um, and you know, so enough of my stuff still sell without promoted listings that it's not like an additional tax. Uh, but you know, it does help you see like, okay, this is, is working to an extent here. Yeah. And, and the next thing is, and again, before we move on promote listings, you got to be careful. There was a time. It's funny. 
I saw Quick Ship Quick knows about this that one month I was like, I made all these sales. And then I looked and I didn't make a lot of money. Promoted sales. I had some stuff that was like at 8%. I had some that was like a 10% because I, I made a choice at one time to make everything one percentage above the trending. Mm. That was just not the right call. Now I have everything in my store at 2% and it's good and it still works. Okay, let's talk about send offer. So the reason I bring this up is I see people post their 90 day totals on Instagram and they're like, it says 150 send offers available. I'm like, what? Like you're leaving money on, that's money on the table you're leaving. And I'm not saying like you're going to get a lot of sales, but I pretty much like for every 20 send offers, I at least one sale conversion. Yeah, they convert, you know, frequently enough that you it's worth it, right? So um, I would say if you're not using send offer, you're, you're definitely putting money on the table or leaving money on the table. <laughs> uh, but a- again, maybe it comes down to a place where if you've got enough, maybe you have enough velocity that it's not worth it for you. So it, it might depend on your model that, that spending the time of going through looking at an item. Uh, but if you always got to balance, you have more time or do you have more, you know, inventory? Do you have more time or do you have more, you know, whatever it is going on? And so yeah, if you've got the option to send offers, I would definitely send offers and make them reasonable enough that it's going to hook the attention. Maybe that's part of it too. Like some people are going to be more successful than others. Um, maybe you give your bottom dollar, like here's the lowest I would accept that I'd be kind of happy with. Like if somebody sent me this offer, I would be like, oh, all right, I'll take it. Maybe that's what you send and and you convert more. Or maybe you say, I'm going to send a little bit higher than that. So there's a little bit of wiggle room for negotiation. It's just going to depend on you know, your model and what's going on. But I definitely convert a lot of sales through send offer. No, that's a great point. And I just, I want to share what I do. What I end up doing is when I list stuff, I sell it at the price I want when there's a 15% discount. <laughs> so, so I'll list, let's say, you know, I wanted, I want something to actually sell for $85. I'll list it at a hundred dollars. Then I'll put it on sale at 15% off and it knocks it down to 85. So then when I send the offer, which is usually if it's something under a hundred bucks, I'll usually just take five bucks off. People are getting a deal. And then if they counter offer, they're thinking they're getting an even bigger deal. So it works out. Now, I don't think I'm in the end all because I, I think I am, uh, I don't sell fast enough. Like I know some people that are willing to do the 50% off on the send offers and they convert like crazy. So just got to find the model that works for you. So, all right. And the last, I feel like we say that more than anything else, you got to find the model that works for you well, because this is this. I will tell you of, of all the, it's, it's like, it, it it's kind of like teaching where like teaching, like, there is no one way to do things well, right? I mean, there's definitely a lot of ways to do things wrong. Well, there's my way and then there's the wrong way. Yeah, my way. Yeah, I know. Yeah, but I I get that. But it's, <laughs> but you know, how many times do we get put through the fire like on, on media, on social media all the time? Like, I don't know why, but like I'll post something and somebody says, actually, it's better if you do it this way. I'm like, bro, like I wasn't like telling you this is the ultimate way, right? But Maybe we're, maybe I'm just a little sensitive. Or maybe you're reading into the tone. Maybe the tone isn't like, it's better if you do it this way. Maybe it's like, hey, Orlando, you can significantly improve your level of, of, of living no, if no. you were to... Maybe that's the other what they're day, The other day. So I'm not saying get your bubble wrap at Walmart, right? But I, I posted something like, if it's last second and you need bubble wrap, be careful it's at Walmart. And I showed how at Walmart, like you can get more bubble wrap for the same price because they have like the 200 and the 150 foot and they charge the same price. You just got to be paying attention. And somebody said, yeah, it's cheaper at Sam's Club. What? Like, that that, that wasn't the point of the post. 
Hey, but it's also very helpful. It was well, yeah. I said thank you. I'm. I mean, I'm like, I'm just letting you know. Like, eh, anyways, maybe maybe I'm just kind of feeling a little beat up these days. Yeah. So I'm just trying to help. You're calloused. I'm just trying to help. Man. I'm just trying to help. All right, and the last thing here, here what you should do, and Mike has talked touched on this. So, oops. No, it's fine, but it's but it's good. I mean, it's an ongoing theme. Like, listen, Q4 is right around the corner. Like, before you know it, we're gonna be in September, and we're gonna be talking about like, I hope I have all my inventory ready to go. I hope I have shipments ready to go into FBA. Like, I hope I have everything organized because summer is definitely the time if things do slow down for you to get your inventory organized, to get your books in order. Because, man, once that Q4 hits and things are flying, like, you don't want to stop to have to take care of that stuff. Yeah. It's almost like we should say something like summer slowdown is done and the chaos begins. Something, something, something. It's Q4 again. Yeah, there's a song out there. You should check it on YouTube. It's on the pre podcast. Q4 yeah. rap. Q4 so, rap. but anyways, yeah. Definitely, definitely, you know, prep for Q4 because you, you don't, you want, you don't want to be stuck. I'm telling you one of the best decisions I made two years ago was I paid, I didn't do it myself. I paid somebody to reorganize all my inventory and got custom SKU labels. And man, when Q4 hit, it was so nice to be able to find stuff within 30 seconds. It was beautiful. And to this yeah. day, it's still like that. So, you know, what makes me kind of sad now. Mm. Two things. One, we're, we're coming to the end of the podcast. And two, I didn't get my eBay sale <laughs> to prove it. So, yeah, so we're not going to drag this episode out just so that Orlando can try and prove that he's going to get another sale. Well, it's um, just going to happen right after we end the podcast. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, of course it will. hopefully that helped you. Hopefully, you know, you're able to reflect on your own. Is summer slowdown a myth? And are there things to make it that is not a myth? Well, no, that it is a myth, right? Sure. Okay. Anyways, with that being said, hey, make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Please.